You want to know a fun fact? Since okay. the last time that we recorded, I went to Forks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sam's going to get a shirt that just says, I went to Forks and all I got was this stupid sunburn. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, but for today, I have a randomly generated fantasy name, Uh which is a pretty good one, (laughs) and it's a little on the line of needing to be bleeped out <laughs> oh, no. because of the random generation. So my name today is Feckin' Swordward. Oh man. What, what a name. What the- <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember how to say that. Feckin'? My yeah, my name is Feckin' Swordworms. 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 <laughs> Yep. Ah, those are fucking sword words. Got my sword again. Like, ah, my sword's got the worms. The fucking worms. That's great. Yeah, it is spelled F E K I N and then swordworms exactly how you expect it to be Love that. Uh, I do love worms, but not in my sword. <laughs> Eep. Anyway, that's me. Who are you guys? <laughs> well, my real name is Sam, but today you can call me Pyramus Wildsigned. What? Pyramus? Pyramus Wildsigned. 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 Yeah. Permis. I swear you said that differently all three times. I probably did. (laughs) Ayo. Permis. That's P-U-R-M-U-S W-I-L-D-S-I-G-N-E-D. Wow, wild sign. Wild sign, yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You know, wild sign sounds like an actual thing. It does. But then you... uh, conjugated it (laughs) (laughs) past tense now past tense (laughs) yeah uh great well my name is hannah but for the purposes of today's podcast you can (laughs) pretend that i've been rereading the shadow and bone books because my randomly generated fantasy name today is darkling moon master (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's favorite character. Everyone's favorite character, Darkling Moonmaster. It's a little on the nose. Dark Daddy. No. (laughs) I'm I'm quiet quitting this podcast. You can't quiet quit. We're not paying you. Oh, (laughs) shit. It's nice to be recording again where um, the episode comes out soon. So, like... Uh If we'd been recording this in June instead, uh-huh. people would be like quiet quitting. That was funny like six years ago. <laughs> oh, point. yeah. I'm pretty sure the next episode uh, that's coming out in late August, Sam is talking about this cool new movie she went to, Top Gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I remember when, we, when I listened to that, I was like, wow, yeah, this is... Whoops. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool thing. In my defense, I think it did get re-released in theaters for a little while. Did so Did they morb it up? <laughs> <laughs> Another <laughs> timely reference for I the people. I was going to say, oh, my... We are actually recording in 2022 <laughs> in the summer, but... <laughs> It yes, doesn't but... sound like it based on these references. <laughs> no. Uh, Let's morph this into some chapter summaries. I am quiet quitting now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm still here, okay. everybody. Yeah, Sam's doing the podcast <laughs> by herself. <laughs> anyway, what happened? Okay, we're reading two chapters of Aragorn. <laughs> it's what we actually are doing and talking about. Mm-hmm. What happened in them, you guys? Well, they've obviously gotten to the Varden, and so now we're with the Varden, and guess mm-hmm. what? In the glory of, don't judge me, Tronsheim. Tronsheim. Did I start over? Yeah, no, no, you got it. Keep going. <laughs> oh, you got it. Try one more time. The first two will definitely get cut out. Oh, for sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. So... In the glory of Tronsheim. Yeah. Our characters wake up! Wow. Um, But this is kind of a short summary, because a lot of this chapter was just describing the city that is called Tronsheim. Uh-huh. We're not going to get into that right now, but our boys and dragon wake up, and Saphira is having an adorable little dream, and the bald man and Oryk come to retrieve them, and they start heading to Trondheim uh, uh-huh. <laughs> by horseback. But before entering the city, Aragon is on S to ride on... Oh my god, my notes say Aragon. No, he wasn't going to ride on S. <laughs> he was going to ride on Sephira. rides on Aragon. <laughs> Murtag rides on Aragon's shoulders. <laughs> this is going great. Anyways, uh, Aragon rides, rides Aragon and this is not Sephira. a romance novel. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god. Aragon is on Sephira as a dragon rider. Nothing weird about that. Um, and they go through the city to meet Ajahad, which is the leader of the Varden, sort yeah. of, kind of, thing. Mm-hmm. And then the chapter ends with the anticipation of that. So I don't have much right. more to say. That was really brutal. But Hannah, you want to tell us about <laughs> chapter 52? Oh, yeah. Buckle up, folks. It's Morbin time. No. <laughs> Uh, no, it's time to meet the leader of the Varden. It's Ajahad. He is an imposing, bald black man with serious eyes and a Dorito body shape. And he <laughs> somehow recognizes Murtag just by the sound of his voice. Because Ajahad met Morzan, who is Murtag's father, one time 23 years ago. And remembers his voice enough to uh-huh. identify his son somehow. Yeah. Anyway. Murtag tells Ajahad that he won't submit to the mind probing, and Ajahad throws him in jail, then sends everyone else out of the room too, so he can talk to Aragon and Sephira alone. There's a very long conversation covering a lot of plot points that I'm sure we'll get to in more detail later, but some of them include the varied politics of the Varden dwarves and elves, how Sephira's egg ended up in Carvajal, and what Aragon can expect now that he is a rider among the Varden. We also hear a little bit about the magic Varden twins, Islanzadi, nope, is oh shoot, I just looked up the pronunciation. Islanzadi, the elf oh, queen. I believed you. You said that so confidently. <laughs> well, that's how I've been pronouncing it to myself for twenty years. So uh, having to change there, it yeah. is really screwing with me. 
there. And Oric the dwarf, who are all important characters in this franchise, so it's probably important for us to mention that they are here. So Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. So what do we talk about first? How, I forget how to podcast. <laughs> I forget how to podcast. Okay, no. Okay. Everything. We're talking about Safira being asleep and having a fun, sleepy dog dream, you know? Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, like Aragon wakes up to Safira like growling and her eyes wandering sightlessly under her eyelids. He's like, aw, that's cute. And she's just <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. She's in rum sleep. Yeah, this Boeing 747 is growling at me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't just smile. I mean, it's cute when dogs like snarl in their sleep, so it's probably the same thing. Sure. That's what I assumed. It's like a little snarl. Yeah. Sophie, you have a cat, not a dog. Does your cat do sleep things? I I think they do, but I have never seen my cat do it. She's too lazy. <laughs> I feel like I've seen her do sleep stuff. She'll like twitch, but she won't like, you know, in all the cartoons where like the dog is uh-huh. running off on the floor yeah. sideways while they're asleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do like that. <laughs> well, that's too bad. But Safira is like a cat in that she has a rough tongue and she, uh, when she wakes up, she like loafs near the door with her tail flicking also like yeah. a cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like a cat lizard. She's like a cat lizard the size of a Boeing 747. <laughs> <laughs> Just normal stuff. I was looking up because, like, the rough tongue thing weirded me out. Mm-hmm. Because, like, cats have a rough tongue because they use it to groom with. Yeah. And Safira is made of scales. <laughs> Not She has to clean her scales. But, like, lizards don't, you know? Like, reptiles yeah. don't lick themselves. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't heard anything about Safira shedding her skin, even though she has to have done it a bazillion times by now. That's if she true. grew from the size of a cat to a 747 in six months. Yeah, I'm wondering if it has something to do with, like, like a fun fact about a cat is that if it's drinking from your water glass, you, <laughs> uh-huh. you can still drink the water because none of their saliva goes back in. Oh. The, the structure really? of the tongue is such that any water that touches the tongue sticks to it what the heck they they drink by licking right they don't like spit back into your drink (laughs) essentially (laughs) damn that could honestly be an urban myth but it's an urban myth i have heard and believe (laughs) Uh uh-huh cats hydrophilic tongues yeah okay i don't drink water that my cat has been drinking from anyway but i've heard that you can (laughs) (laughs) interesting but cat tongues also have like little serrations on it so are her serrated claws what she's using to (laughs) to like pick between the scales i don't know (laughs) she's clawing herself yeah Yeah. like those birds yeah Yeah. exactly i was looking up like lizard i just googled lizard tongues you know like you do Uh do. just to be like what do lizards do with their tongues (laughs) (laughs) and i guess i didn't realize that all lizards do the like snake thing where they taste they use their tongue to like smell oh right yeah Yeah. the way it works is their tongues have structures to like grip i think it's like liquid based i'm not great at molecular stuff but like Uh liquid based (laughs) scent molecules get picked up by the tongue and then it goes into like a special organ at the top of their mouth 
called the vomeronasal cavity, which can specifically pick up those scents. That's so maybe right. that's what she's doing. Yeah, I believe that. Typically, that's used for finding like, like it's most useful in finding prey, predators, or or in reproduction, like smelling a mate or something. So mm-hmm. all of those sound like things a dragon could do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dragon. Predators. I believe it. Uh-oh. Yeah, you know those dragon predators? Those predators that eat dragons. <laughs> I guess bigger dragons, maybe? Space dragons. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Maybe, maybe the sea serpents are dragon predators. <laughs> yeah. We oh. don't know anything about them yet. Yeah, or maybe the griffins. <laughs> Wait, there's griffins? There are two golden griffins outside of uh, Trondheim. Yeah. Tr- oh, Trondheim! <laughs> <laughs> Trondheim. I'm just guessing. I don't know how to pronounce it either. Good. I'm just saying it with confidence. I double checked all of these pronunciations at least twice before starting the episode, and they are all gone from my brain. That's fair. That sounds right. Hell yeah. Irritating. In addition to the Griffins, the decor piece that Aragon fixates on fixates on for a whole paragraph is um, some lamps. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that's about, but there's like a a full paragraph of Aragon being like, wow, these lamps. (laughs) Yeah, Aragon's bored in the chapter, which means he like then passes it along to the rest of us by being like, hey, I stared at this lamp for an entire paragraph. And then he's like, and now for the second chapter in a row, I'm going to talk about a statue that I don't know what it's of. But yeah, does that imply that griffins exist? Or are they fantasy here also? So the statue he's talking about is a strange quilled animal. Oh, right. I, I don't know if you noticed this because I had to go back and check a previous chapter because we just fully glossed over it. Like, we, yeah, we did. <laughs> we didn't talk about it at all. Yeah, he mentions like when they first come into the mountain, he's like, oh, and then there's this weird statue of some kind of animal with quills. And then uh-huh. he brings it up again. And... The only, you know, animal that I associate with quills is a porcupine. And mm-hmm. as such, I have terrible news for Hannah. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. And your belief that the <laughs> the world of Aragon is in North America. <laughs> oh. Are you seriously going to try to tell me that porcupines are not in North America? No, because Aragon <laughs> doesn't know what a porcupine is, because he's just like, what the hell is this weird quilled animal? Uh-huh. So oh. porcupines are found in North America. Uh-huh. New world porcupines are found in North America, South America. Old world porcupines are found in Italy, Asia, and most of Africa, but not Europe. <laughs> Damn it. So my theory is that this statue came across with the humans and the elves from North America, where they're from. Yes. Oh, reverse colonization. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To Europe, which is here. Oh, I was thinking, I'm assuming, because Ajahad is black, that he is from an equivalent of Africa, or at least his ancestors are. So I thought maybe it came from wherever he's from but then what would it be a tenric well there's african porcupines yeah but like i don't know (laughs) why would but 
I, the argument is still that Aragon doesn't know what the hell it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I was okay. referring oh, more yeah. to your assertion that it came across with colon uh, colonizers from like the old world where humans came from. Right. I'm thinking okay. more that it probably came from whatever is south, maybe near Serta. Yeah, but the it's the statue's like at the entrance right. of the mountain, not like in Azhahad's house or right. Yes, it is a whatever. dwarf thing. Maybe it's a boar. <laughs> Maybe it's a boar. Well, actually, my counter argument is that it's um, probably a uh, ceratopsian. <laughs> oh, I, I'll uh, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Which is um, an early form of triceratops. Oh, they okay. had I knew this had to be a dinosaur. <laughs> I was like, what? Obviously, that's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know how when you're a grown-up, nobody asks you your favorite dinosaur anymore? Uh-huh. Because it's come up, mine is Triceratops, so I'm okay. going to take that as, uh, interpretation and canonize yeah. it in my brain. Sure. This was probably, if it had quills, it was probably Sidacosaur, or however you say that. But Oh, no, you got it right. Yeah, I, I got it right. Because I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the when people don't ask you your favorite dinosaur, you should just take it upon yourself to tell them which is what you did so which I, I did do that <laughs> yeah. so you're like already there <laughs> sam what's your favorite dinosaur yeah um oh i like the blue arm dinosaur from prehistoric planet yeah Carnotaurus, it's a type of I think. t-rex Carno- i don't know clearly Carnotaurus. i know my dinosaurs oh but no there's the monosaur carnotaurus carnotaurus and the monosaurs monosaur What's the big ocean dinosaur? Mosasaur. Mosasaur. That one. Clearly I know my dinosaurs. (laughs) It's not a dinosaur. (laughs) 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 Fuck. And the blue-armed one that tries to flirt with the lady. (laughs) Yeah. That one. That's a good one. That one is a dinosaur. I'll give you that one. Sophie, you have 30 seconds. What's your favorite dinosaur? Microraptor. Okay, cool. I thought that would take longer. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, you see, I don't seconds. know my dinosaurs. So that's why it took me a long time. <laughs> Sophie knows her dinosaurs. That's like the question she has prepared for every date. <laughs> I'm always ready. Always <laughs> ready. It, it usually takes me longer because then I have to be like, well, um, so I really like this dinosaur. But if we're just going with extinct reptiles, then I have to go with Quetzalcoatlus. And if we're going with the water ones, then I have to. Okay, anyway, so we. I really enjoyed the fact that um, they make Aragon ride on Snowfire for a while, and then they get to the city and they're like, no, get on your dragon. And then they walk so like weird. through the city, and then they're like, okay, get off the dragon, get back on your horse. It was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's it so, so strange. weird. It, it was very clearly like for show right they're like okay oh, we, yeah. we don't want you to have the power of being on your dragon but we do want you to look powerful on your dragon as we're walking past the people of this city yeah, yeah. which is so weird because like then why did it matter when no one was there you know unless they're like driving trying to drive home that like you are under our control in that we can tell you when I think it was that too yeah I think so yeah. too I assumed it was that they don't want him and Safira to like be together in case they yeah are planning anything or whatever if only yeah it's a good thing they can't mentally talk to each other yeah yeah or anything like that yeah I know right 
No, I think it's just a power play. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Well, I what I liked about that part is that they're like, okay, get on Safira. Don't even try and fly away. And Aragon's like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. even though they've been walking for like a a league underground, Aragon's yeah. just like, yeah, they said I shouldn't fly away. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Like he doesn't even question it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just a little ridiculous. Just a little. They get into this like what Aragon describes as a huge crater, but it is actually more like what Sophie does in Minecraft, which is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody, ho- uh, some old dwarf hollowed out a mountain and built a city in it. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe you came for me so hard. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I was like, wow, somebody hollowed out the mountain. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard this before. Sophie was before. here. <laughs> this is this what is Sophie here. does in Minecraft? <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, That's sometimes funny. you're like, I want a cool underground house. And then you're like, what if it was the whole mountain? And then you're like, what if I just make it so there's a single block layer of mountain left and the rest is my house? <laughs> yeah it's a totally normal thing that we can all relate to i've done this in like four minecraft games <laughs> that's really funny literally the last time i played minecraft with hannah she had just dug out like a horizontal plane also under a mountain so it was just yeah. like a dark flat yeah. endless endless space and I, this is like oh you do this while you're just chilling and listening to audiobooks okay yeah, I made one that uh, was so big it took me 10 minutes to run across it. That is really funny. <laughs> okay, so Hannah and I both have separately designed Tronchheim <laughs> in different uh-huh. ways. Tronchheim, the marble city that some dwarf whose name I did not write down built yeah. many eons ago or whatever. Mr. Tronchheim himself. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tronchheim himself. Okay, uh-huh. but I need to talk about this crater. Yeah. Because Aragon, they enter this crater and they're like, wow, it's so big that Trondheim <laughs> is like a marble mountain inside this mountain crater, right? So it's like Aragon just like tossing out various distances and heights and lengths. And when he looks up, he's like, this crater goes up a dozen miles high. Yeah, what the hell? We need to talk about how high a dozen miles is. It's so high. Because Everest is five miles high from sea level. Oh Oh my my god. God. Like we don't even know how far above sea level they are sitting in the crater. So 12 miles is about 19,000 meters or 63,000 feet. Which is like well into the stratosphere. Provided we're on an Earth planet, you know? Listen, he did say that it's high enough that Sephira or another dragon wouldn't be able to fly out of it. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yep. Nobody definitely could fly out of that because I don't know if you've ever heard of the Armstrong limit. Uh. Is that Lance Armstrong? I think it's, I forget. Neil Armstrong? No, it's Neil Armstrong. That's uh, a better Armstrong. It's named after United States Air Force General Harry George Armstrong. Okay. It's the height at which the pressure 
in the atmosphere is low enough that any exposed liquid on your body will boil away. Oh, cool. Oh. So, like, the liquid in your eyes, saliva, oh. literally oh. the liquid that, like, the mucous membrane around your lung alveola or whatever. Oh, God, all that's an important one. Boil away. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so, like, no amount of, like obviously there's not enough oxygen up there either to breathe but an oxygen mask will not keep you alive <laughs> because Yikes. all of your water is boiling away <laughs> and how high is that that is sixty-two thousand feet above seawater which is 12 miles <laughs> oh wow oh <laughs> so okay the top of so- this mountain <laughs> so all their liquids are are vaporizing <laughs> no well, no. So if they went to the top of the mountain, right? So that the, the, oh, the they're okay. at the bottom of the crater. Sorry, yes. Right. The top of the crater, which extends 12 miles above them. Oh my god. <laughs> if they went up there, this. all the liquid would boil off of their bodies, which is why when they say in a minute, like, oh, they have the perfect place. Not even a dragon could fly over them yeah. to, <laughs> to let Galvatorix in. It's like, that's an understatement. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. Wild. <laughs> so do you think this is a case of Christopher Pellini being like way too precise and being like, what no. is what is the Armstrong limit no. or whatever? Or is it him just being, oh my god, it's so big. It's like 12 miles high. It's that like one. so big. That yeah, one. That one? like, I yeah. have to assume it's that because maybe it falls into the same category as when Aragon was like, we walked past dozens of doors. <laughs> or yeah. no, what was it? It was scores of doorways. Scores so of doorways. Like, you mean like 60 doorways? <laughs> in, one, in one guy's <laughs> in house? one hallway? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the f***? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I so love very this funny. book. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't look up if there's like a limit to how high, like, mountain building can go like i don't mm. know if orogenic processes can only like shoot <laughs> rocks up yeah. so high <laughs> so high <Yeah. laughs> before they like because the pressure has to be weird up there yeah i don't know what... well and there'd be so much gravity up there that it would sink back into right? the mantle right the yeah. only way it could be possible is if they're below sea level right now and like they're not. They're in a mantid range. But the the dwarves. What if they dug deeper? Mm. They dug no. too deep. No. Well, they no. I was too- more. My brain was more thinking like they dug deeper, so the so they're like below sea level in the mountain. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. Don't trust no, me. That's, no, that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was said like good job, sweetie. But no, no, you were. You it were sounded like there was a like, butt coming. No, you yeah. immediately were like, "Oh no, it's a terrible idea." So I just wanted to validate you and say that. Oh, thank yes, you. It's a good idea. You knew where my brain was going, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, it's possible. I just, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's. I just don't know if there's a limit to. Yeah, I have no idea. How high, I would I assume, assume there, there has to be. to be. If Mount Everest is only five miles only yeah right only Only. five miles high only five miles it's wild that like mount everest is like five miles above sea level and the deepest point in the ocean is what like 12 kilometers it's like i can walk 12 kilometers in a day like it's wild 
the yeah. difference in scale on our like vertical and horizontal planes. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't have a point to this. I'm just marveling at the world. No, that is fair. <laughs> Thanks for doing it because I found a website that tells me why mountains can't grow higher than Mount Everest. Oh, oh okay. tell me, tell me. It's basically what we said. It's gravity and yeah. uh, plate tectonics. Yeah. So makes sense. Yeah. Eventually it just becomes too hard to work against gravity, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Its own mass stops it from growing and it like reverse not reverses, but it just like keeps the plates from continuing to go. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. There you have it. So there you have it. <laughs> there they they must be at least seven miles below sea level right now. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah, that's a little yeah. improbable. It Ergon seems a little improbable. The part where they fell for ten minutes directly <laughs> straight down. <laughs> we don't know that their journey wasn't downhill. It's true. It could have been right. a very steady, slow decline. They could have yeah. been going slowly downhill ever since they left. Um, the Empire. Left <laughs> they were in a valley weren't they so they were already low so they could have just kept going lower <laughs> they forgot to mention that there's like a huge wall along the whole coastline <laughs> yeah it's the ocean a flat out. earth <laughs> yeah it's a flat earth is actually the flat earth yeah, that's why it's go. rimmed with mountains on every it's side in- yeah it's inside a sky dome <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> oh have you ever been on a plane in Allegasia? Mm, checkmate. Checkmate. I feel like this also connects to the fact that there are giant icicles hundreds of feet thick and thousands of feet long hanging leagues above them. Yeah. That's what? terrifying. That's the scale of this place just makes no sense. No science was done. Yeah, I think Aragon's exaggerating. That's what I I'm going to so. go with. Aragon's yeah. being like, whoa, it's so big. And it's like a mile uh-huh. high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's 16. Like, he's almost certainly hyperbolic. Yeah. I mean, I imagine if you had seen, like, the Appalachians and then went to the Himalayas and were like, oh. Uh Uh-huh. You'd be like, Like, it's a dozen miles high. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It goes straight to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) I would still do that and I'm almost 30. Like, I feel like... Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like that's fine. Uh, anyway, Farthendur. Farthendur. Sorry, Farthendur. The mountain that was hollowed out and they built a whole city inside it. Yeah, pretty exciting. It's pretty wow. cool. Uh, the Marble Mountain. The Marble City Trondheim. Trondheim? Yeah, I, wonder I forgot if a already. Underneath it. A Barlog. There we go. Balrog? Balrog. Balrog. <laughs> I'm doing great this episode, guys. <laughs> doing so good. Uh-huh. So good. Yeah, everything's good. It's great. It's yeah. because we haven't recorded in so long. That's why. Oh my god. I you were really, how to talk to you people. were really good at the words before. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, true. that checks. That really uh-huh. checks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, something I liked that probably won't make it into the podcast because it's the most inside of jokes, but. Sure. Aragon is like walking around admiring the craftsmanship of everything. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big Ely vibes here. <laughs> hey, 
Hannah playing a D&D game vibes right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, my guy gets really excited whenever there's a wood. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're going to you're going to go with that phrasing. <laughs> you're going to leave that one. Whenever okay. there's something made of wood, Elia's like, "Oh man. There nice wood." Yeah. Bro. Sure. <laughs> yeah, nice wood, bro. That's nice it. Wood, bro. Um, anyway, about this craftsmanship, there's just, I didn't look up, I couldn't find anything about how big gemstones can be, Yeah, because there's a lot of descriptions of like, wow, Trondheim has the biggest star sapphire ever, and Zircon's bigger than a man, and the floor was all carnelian, so it's Uh like a very fancy place. I'm assuming there might be some limitations on how big some of those minerals can be. (laughs) I would assume. You know, that's fine. Also, I feel like the star sapphire is hanging from the ceiling and it's like 20 yards across and it's been carved into a rose, which I feel like you don't really want to do that with gemstones yeah like isn't the whole thing with a starfire sapphire that if you like polish it correctly it looks like there's a star in there but it has to be super smooth so if you carve it into a rose it probably doesn't look like that anymore yeah like i think all of those little facets right all have to be perfect in order to get all the reflections inside so i think like going into it like digging in to make like petal shapes yeah not ideal but no i'm not a dwarf from trondheim so it's true if anybody can do it a dwarf can yeah a dwarf definitely can if nothing else it's like a good mental image like you get yeah a good idea of what this looks like uh feasible or otherwise (laughs) yeah no this place sounds cool as hell yeah i would like to go there please people are like oh dwarves are good at mining and i'm like this place sounds like it (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh they sound like they're good at it it's exactly the kind of place where people who were inhumanly good at mining would be. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just super quick, I wanted to talk about on the way to Trondheim, Aragon, just like super relatable, where mm-hmm. there's this giant crowd of people suddenly staring at him and he's like, <laughs> uh, and then he like waves incredibly awkwardly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, ah, f- because everyone's not impressed and then one guy in the back goes ooh and then everyone else starts to cheer. <laughs> it was a good scene oh, it was a good scene I like that it kind of played off of the you know this book does a lot of like oh this is sort of exactly what I expected yeah. but this scene is playing off the like oh the hero comes in and is very charismatic and everyone cheers immediately and it's like no no <laughs> he's kind of awkward uh-huh <laughs> safira isn't awkward though like she's all into it she like shows yeah. off a little bit and mm-hmm. she uh at one point she's like walking around and she arches her neck like perhaps a proud horse would <laughs> yeah <laughs> a very proud horse and a she puffs out horse. some <laughs> smoke yeah underground like, underground cool which is cool a great day. place to have smoke I mean, I guess we're going to get to a point where she breathes fire, right? I can only assume that it's coming. I have to assume. She's been breathing smoke a little bit more frequently. Yeah. I feel like because this book is not, like, entirely original, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the fact that Saphira will breathe fire for granted. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no part of me going into this book that would assume that Saphira would do anything but breathe fire. Yeah. But she hasn't done it yet. 
Yeah, I feel like it's almost a little weird because maybe we can talk about this because in the next chapter, <laughs> this also Ooh. comes up a little bit. There we go. But they talk a little bit about like why the dwarves aren't super psyched about Aragon yeah. being around. And it's because they don't really like the dragons. And we had like thought about, oh, maybe it's because they eat dwarves <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> or maybe they're farm animals. And so here, like it says, oh, dragons <laughs> do eat dwarf animals and steal their gold. And so yes. much like the fire breathing, I like am going into this dragon book, not necessarily expecting just a classic dragon sort of situation. And so it's sort of surprising to me every time it's like, oh, and then she breathes smoke with no previous hint. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, and they stole all their gold. And it's like, well, but why? <laughs> this hasn't been yeah. established. <laughs> yeah, that one surprised me because Safira has shown no particular interest in like gold or gems or anything to this point. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a little strange. And I I mean, I'm I'm excited to hear why <laughs> one day. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get an explanation. <laughs> yep. I mean, we got an explanation of why the, the interactions between the dwarves and the dragons. So that's fun. That's true. Yeah. And they confirm that there's never been a dwarven dragon rider and that most of the dragon riders in history were elves, but some of them were human. Because there yeah. was this like power struggle between the Varden and the elves over Saphira's egg. And they were yeah. all very stupid about it. Like the reason... Yep. That Arya, who was carrying Saphira's egg, was, like, able to be ambushed in the prologue. Is that, like, the Varden and the elves both want control over the egg and weren't able to come to a reasonable compromise. So they shuttle the egg back and forth between the Varden, who are in these mantons at, like, the bottom of the map, and yeah. the elves in the magical forest New Weldon Varden at the top of the map. Yep. <laughs> and they just, like, have somebody on a horse like ride the egg back and forth while Galbatorix yeah. and his entire army is out there in the empire like looking for them yeah they just like run right through Galbatorix's house basically to be like mm, bring this dragon egg over to the other guys every year like honestly what the hell <laughs> yeah like you think they're talking about how oh magical and powerful the elves are it's like just set up a portal or whatever the hell right you know <laughs> well, like Arya sends like when she gets attacked in the prologue she uses magic to try to send the egg to Brom. They confirm in this yeah. chapter because she knew that Brom was in Carvajal. And I was like, so if Arya had the ability to like send the egg to a specific person with magic, why not just do that every year? Yeah. They say that Arya didn't have the power to send it all the way back to the Varden. Yeah. That was too far. And that the elf place whatever it is, Ellesmere Island or whatever the variation here is called. <laughs> Ellesmere Island in the Arctic. <laughs> well, yeah. El well, Ellesmere it's Ellesmere. Always... Yeah. yeah, but Ellesmere has been used before for an elf place, hasn't it? I think so. It's gotta. Uh... Or is it just from the serpent's egg? <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's... No idea. The, that What's one confusing me book. also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that me and Hannah read and nobody else. <laughs> you know, I did just Google... Ellesmere and it's just about like Ellesmere Island and there's an Ellesmere in Toronto so like it might okay. be <laughs> it might not be an Mere elf thing elf. but we both read the Serpent's Egg and Aragon during our formative years and therefore elves come from Ellesmere <laughs> yeah maybe I'm also just thinking of Aragon 
Anyway. Maybe. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. And you can't send it there because they've got all these magical protections, which weird that an elf couldn't make it yeah. through the magical protections. But anyway. Surely the power of the super amazing elf queen yeah. could get it to the Varden or whatever. Or even they could have like way stations like set up through the Empire where they like send it to each other. Yeah. Or like go the long way. There is definitely a solution to this that they didn't think yeah. of. So dumb. So dumb. But then there wouldn't even be a book, so Yeah, like I know it had to That's happen this true. way for the plot. But I don't like it when things that have to happen for the plot seem to only happen because they're for the plot. Yeah. I like there to be an internal logic and I I can't find it. Yeah. There's none. Also, we did just sort of gloss over that Ajihad is the one telling them telling them all this. Who Ajihad, who is the leader of the Varden, but not the king that was referred to previously, because the king is the king of the dwarves. Hrothgar right. or whatever. Hrothgar. Oh, that yeah, that's what I was getting mixed up. I'm yeah. getting confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Ajahad, the leader of the Varden, and Hrothgar, the king of the dwarves. Right. And the dwarves are like sheltering the Varden, but are not really part of them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the elves were allied with the Varden, but then when Arya and the Egg disappeared, they renounced their allyship. And the Varden have been on their own. Which is, like, wild because there's, like, no way that the Varden could have been at fault for it, you know? Like, she's yeah, like, super close to the elf place. Why didn't they protect her, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was an elf carrying the egg with an elven escort coming out of one of the elven cities. <laughs> and they're mad uh, at the Varden, Varden for the fact that the egg got the, lost. The egg and Arya got lost. Yeah. Yeah, classic. Well, it's sort of interesting because, like, the elves are very clearly being set up as, like, being a very kind of proud and insular society. Like, their way is the best way, and they don't want you involved in any way, kind of thing. Yeah. And they've, like, kind of reluctantly partnered with the Varden because neither of them like Galbatorix, and it seems more of, like, a the enemy of my enemy situation rather than an actual partnership. But, like, if they're going to be so mad that, like, Arya and the egg disappeared, and if they're going to be so reluctant to partner with the Varden in the first place and, like, withdraw their support the moment something goes wrong, it's a little surprising that they didn't just take the egg by force in the first place. Yeah. What incentive did they have to enter into this partnership with the Varden? Yeah, I can only think that it mattered more to expose the egg to more potential riders like yeah. by the barest margin you know like oh well mm-hmm. there are all these humans that it could be so yeah i guess that makes sense because i'm assuming that egg eggs that elves probably <laughs> reproduce slowly because they often do in this sort of yeah that's always fantasy. the thing yeah yeah, yeah like when like you live for that long you know? yeah <laughs> extremely k-selected <laughs> live a really long time have one baby when they become sexually mature at 350 or whatever yeah, yeah exactly the greenland shark method <laughs> the greenland shark method uh, uh-huh yeah i did what i did like about this conversation is that it established why there has never well not why but it gives a good potential reason why there has never been a dwarf dragon rider and yeah. it's like because there's like this back and forth enmity how do you even say that no idea 
I think um, that's correct. Yeah, that word. Where the dragons eat all the dwarves' stuff and steal their gold, and then the dwarves... Nah, do something. <laughs> that part wasn't clear. Do something. <laughs> Get Which mad about like, it, I guess. Yeah. And as soon as I read that, I was like, man, now I just want the book about the first dwarf right? dragon rider. <laughs> this did feel like it was setting up the moment that like one of the other two remaining eggs hatches for a dwarf. Right. I'm it assuming it doesn't, but I would that would be fun. I'd be a fan of that. Yeah. It was, well, I guess we should talk about the Murtag stuff first. <laughs> oh, yeah, Murtag. There's a bit of stuff about Murtag here, huh? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Just a few. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Murtag. You, I you always go. like you to talk about Murtag. Murtag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's not much here that we don't already know about Murtag. Like, he is extremely adamant that he will absolutely refuse to submit to the having his mind read. He says that, like, his thoughts are the only thing that has ever been wholly his and the only thing that nobody has ever been able to take from him. So no matter what happens, like he will or he would rather they kill him than get into his brain, which is like hardcore. But at least he yeah. has, you know, convictions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it does like, as Ajahad states, it like puts them all in kind of a weird position because the Varden can't afford to let Murtag among them if they don't know that he's not a spy. But they also can't afford to let him go because now he knows where they are and, like, Galbatorix could get into his brain. Or Murtag could be a traitor and just, like, go straight to Galbatorix and tell him where the Varden is, which would kind of be the end of their whole deal. Yeah. So they're all in, like, kind of a, a shitty position. No wonder Murtag didn't want to go here. Because, like, the problem is that he got into inside the crater right yeah and now he knows this is where like the Varden are and stuff like that but yeah it's weird that they let him in initially anyway you know well they didn't want to and he didn't but... want to go because like I just yeah nobody wanted him whole... there except Aragon <laughs> yeah and yeah. then I couldn't help feeling reading this entire like reading this entire scene I was just mad at Aragon I was like yeah Why'd you have to bring him? Like, this is your yeah. fault. You should have actually <laughs> tried. But no, you're just too selfish and wanted him with you. Yeah, he really put Murtag in a bad position. He did. He's, like, not even that phased that Murtag is now going to a windowless room for the rest of his life <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's his fault! Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, wow, I'm so sorry. Anyway, I'm going to keep talking to Ajahad. I'm like, and yeah. not about you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what happened to Arya? <laughs> like, yeah. Fucking great, Aragon. Cool. Good priorities. Yep. Cool guy. Yep. Anyway, what happened to Arya is that she's in bad shape still, but probably will survive. And that's kind yeah. of all we get. And also, Aragon's not allowed to see her unless she seeks him out. <laughs> oh, yes. Which, fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they yep. don't know they can trust him yet. Again, as Ajahad states. Ajahad is very forthcoming. <laughs> yeah. For the leader of, like, an underground, literally and figuratively, rebellion. Yeah, I mean, I guess he did, he does state that he got that letter from Brahm. Yes. So he does know that Brahm has been teaching Aragon and, like, vouches for him. Yes. So, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that was the plan all along as, like, part of their deal with the elves that 
regardless of who the egg hatched for, a human or an elf, Brom would take care of like the first year of their education, presumably as like the only former writer left alive. Yeah. And then the elves would take over after that and I guess do whatever the traditional writer training is. Yeah. Although I also assumed that the elves like assumed it would be an elf. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think oh. every yeah. <laughs> wasn't am I remembering this correctly, but like isn't the tr- rider training like super cr- like bad? Like I seem to remember us talking about that. Like wasn't it really cruel or something? Or am I making well, that up? I think it was just the fact that they don't tell the riders that they can do magic until they're like yeah. older. Yeah, like there was something about it that was like really cringy, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we were talking about like they le- have are taken from their homes super young. Yeah. They, like lose any association with their family, and then also the dragons like from birth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like taken to do this thing. Also, they don't really get a choice either. It's all just very <laughs> yeah. problematic. Yeah. It- it's very. Uh, they need Jedi. new methods. <laughs> yes yes Uh uh-huh yeah the fun part about like right after murtag leaves and aragon immediately forgets that he exists yeah is ajahad is yeah telling this like backstory and then he also explains why like oh all the humans were super psyched to see you but the dwarves were all like meh and then talks a little bit about like the politics of what aragon is going to be coming into Mm -hmm. like how people will depend on him and whatever like people will try and control you like again being very helpful yes (laughs) yeah but just laying it all out there (laughs) yeah laying like huge info dump but the fun part is he talks about the dwarves being like associated with the varden like letting them like stay in the mountain with them like have mm-hmm. their base there, but they've never let the riders police their kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> like they've never really allowed the riders to be in charge or anything. And I yeah. was like reading that and I'm like, yeah, weird that the dwarves wouldn't let these colonizers right? just like come <laughs> into their city and tell them how to do everything. Like the colonizers <laughs> and their historic enemy, the dragons. Hated enemy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't yeah, can imagine why. <laughs> I can't figure it out either, Ashad. Uh, oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I feel like he's like he's gonna be secretly a villain? I feel like he's not all good. I feel like there's something there. He definitely does feel like the trope, like the uh, Mysterio. Um, yeah. The... Yeah. Or I was thinking yeah. like Hunger yeah. Games, uh, like President yeah. Coin. You're made to think like she's the good one, but she's really just as bad as Snow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I get that vibe. Yeah, he definitely has that vibe about him. Okay. For sure. But anyways, I don't think he's like the true good guy that he's supposed to be. Well, Aragon's going to be the only good guy in, that we know. This. Yes. Because oh, he would moral high ground flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Aragon is just what a guy. What a guy. Yep. yep. Ajahad like tells Aragon all this stuff and then asks Aragon to tell his story, and Aragon t- 
talks about what's happened to him for hours. I'm like, well, I mean, Ajahad could just listen to Midlight Crisis if he wants to know what's happening up to this point. <laughs> we have certainly talked for hours about it. We have talked for many hours about what's happened to Aragon thus far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they come up to the Shade. And Ajahad has fought the Shade before. And if you remember, I can't even remember if we mentioned it or not. But the shade has this like very long scratch on his sword. Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently was put there by Ajahad trying to cut out the shade's heart, which is the only way that you can actually kill a shade. So when Murtek shot it between the eyes and it vanished into smoke, he will reappear elsewhere in spirit form, which is. Which what? (laughs) Something. Um, (laughs) Do they grow a new body? Like what? Like what? Does he just like like a sea star? (laughs) Right? Or like a maybe he uh what's not extrudes, like secretes a new body like a mollusk as its shell? Yeah. (laughs) I support that theory. Uh, Honestly, now that I've said that out loud, I totally love that. Yeah, Um, I like it. I sort of like the idea that maybe they inhabit another body, like they take Mm. over someone else's body, but as soon as it's become inhabited by the shade, like their hair goes black, their eyes go red, you know, like maybe. Yeah. This... Sorry. His hair is also red. He's an oh, evil sorry, gender. His hair is red. Yes. Right. My bad. He has no soul. He has no soul. <laughs> yeah. But is no, it like a jigsaw no. red or like an aerial red? I need it's, this. No, it's like fire thing. red. I think. Wow. Is that? Yeah. I think that checks. Blood okay. red. Blood <laughs> red. That's more cool, burgundy. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's like a dark yeah. ginger. You know <laughs> the vampire's eyes in Twilight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Vampire red. Yeah. yeah. And the shade has a name. Um, his name is Durza. 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 Now we know it. So now we know. Yeah. Oh my God. There's Durza so much the information in this chapter. <laughs> There's so much information. Yeah. Because we also learn that the Urgles. Right. The, yeah. They have like a secret message from Galvatorix, who is called Father in the Urzel Urzel Urgle tongue. <laughs> and gross. He sent them to where they were, which means maybe they're about to, I don't know, march on Trondheim. I assume. Yeah. yeah, they don't know specifically where Farthendur is, but they know it's somewhere in the Bior Mountains. Yeah. And if all of these Urgles are amassing. Yeah. Especially now that the elves aren't helping the Varden, they could just like run through the mountains and smash oh things, God. I guess. Are we about <laughs> to have a literal the final battle in the Hobbit where Arya no. like wakes up during the battle and calls the elves to come help? No. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. No. <laughs> anyway. No. Anyway, the last yeah. thing I want to talk about is Ajahad is telling Aragon about like how everybody is going to want things from him. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're all going to start bringing his problems to Aragon, which is great because um Aragon is 16. Yeah, uh, cool. And suddenly Aragon has to be like a fortune teller and also a therapist to like yep. everybody who lives in this mountain. And as I was sitting there being like this is a- like he is 16 like this is a terrible idea Ajahad says don't worry about your youth and inexperience they will pass soon enough so that's good news I guess yeah (laughs) 
Cool. One day you'll I get I feel old. encouraged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I feel like he should probably have said, like, your youth will go away, but the inexperience, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, never that goes. That one's not for sure. <laughs> nope. I feel like he should have said, like, hey, here's what I'm going to do to help you. Yeah. <laughs> How about, oh, I'll... I'll have, you know, a group of advisors who can right? help you with stuff instead of being like, nah, figure it out. Yeah, good luck, kid. <laughs> You'll get you old don't... someday and then this will be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to come ask you to, like, adjudicate, like, law. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I learned how to read last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did, I though. I don't know any of these words. I don't, yeah, I don't know what this means. I grew up on a farm like 20 kilometers out of yeah. a small town. <laughs> yeah, if you, wanna, if you want to learn when you need to harvest your goods in the fall, <laughs> I can definitely tell you that. <laughs> like, nobody asked this poor kid for advice. Uh, yeah. Especially Don't because he it. and Safira are both so arrogant that they're going to be like, yeah. Yeah, they'll be like, we got Here's this. the advice. Yeah. Safira's six all months old. She's going to be like, yeah, I know how to solve your love problems tell you who yeah. you should marry yeah which is what this the is young women are going well. to ask him of course <laughs> yeah but what they're going to be really asking is will you marry me mm-hmm. so, obviously and his answer is pretty easy it can be no <laughs> it will be no because he's going no. to marry aria <laughs> he's gonna marry Murtag. and or Murtag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a romance novel don't forget it's a romance novel they can have a throuple that's fine yeah i yeah. do just want to i i wasn't gonna say this but now i am it was funny because at the beginning of <laughs> this chapter meeting ajahad it did read a little bit like oh no he's hot uh, <laughs> it did <laughs> like wow he has broad shoulders inquisitive eyes <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah solemn intelligent eyes yeah that like anyway. chris evans body type yeah Ooh. yep <laughs> I mean, Ajahad sounds hot from this yeah. description of him. He so. sounds hot and slightly evil. I'm just saying. Honestly, what's not to like? What's not to like? I'm, <laughs> it's true. I'm only picturing Morally him gray. as Idris Elba as Heimdall. Yeah. Even though that yeah, 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 explicitly yeah. says that Ajahad is bald, but I'm like, no, yeah. no. I was going to say, did I misread that? I thought he was bald. <laughs> no, he, I guess it could be like Captain Holt in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'd take that. <laughs> better but with a beard (laughs) with a beard but with a beard and a dorito body shape so i guess (laughs) uh terry cruz and okay but he doesn't have a dorito body shape what he has is a tapered red vest like he doesn't have a tapered body (laughs) well he has extremely broad shoulders that are like emphasized by the by the tapering on his vest which to me implies that his body is also tapered but it's just emphasized by the tapering on the vest. Uh, he is shaped right. like a Dorito, and I <laughs> okay. refuse to consider Dur- any alternatives. I can't Attractive Dorito it now. Man. All I yeah. can see is Captain Holt's head with a Dorito, <laughs> with an Idris yeah. Elba beard, and <laughs> yes, and the Dorito uh-huh. body, and the Dorito yeah. body. Okay, great. So the perfect man this for us. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone this is what peak performance looks like. <laughs> yep, it is. This is what the ideal male male body looks like. <laughs> a Dorito. A Dorito. A Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> a Dorito wearing a vest. <laughs> uh, and a goatee. 
Uh, all right, I'll fine. I'll Photoshop a Dorito wearing a vest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, we skipped some stuff, but we're like, we're I think done. We're, yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> that was a lot of info dumping yeah. in that chapter. There's only so much we can do. Yeah, the only important last thing is that Oric is going to show him around. The end. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oric is going to show him around. There are two magical twins. One of them yes. is the bald guy from last episode, and they don't have names, which is weird. And there's Very probably weird. a traitor in the Varden, and I'm betting it's those two. That's <laughs> what I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have evil vibes. It's got to be them. Yeah. Everyone has evil, evil vibes. vibes. I do not trust yep. the Varden. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good call. <laughs> and I get the sense that there's going to be some kind of rebel action on Aragon's part. Like, yes. oh, we're going to mm-hmm. go out and fight a thing. And I think Orc's going to be his right-hand man. 100%. I support Yeah, it. Orc is the only person so far within... They're not in Dewelden, Varden. Where the hell are they again? Farthendur. <laughs> the Mountains. Trajum. The only person within Farthendur <laughs> who, like, seems chill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he and Aragon are going to be BFFs and maybe he can join the thruple. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's going to be a four pole now. Full <laughs> <laughs> on polyamory. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what they call it. No. Daisy Jones in the six, but it's Aragon, Dragon Rider, and <laughs> yeah. three. The three every- and Saphir's in there too somehow. Saphir's in there. Anyway. We're done talking about these books. Yeah, so that's please. These books? Well, one book. we're not done because we books? have to guess. We have to guess oh, what's yeah, happening next. Okay, so the next two chapters are called Bless the Child, Argot Lamb. Uh-oh. And what? Mandrake Root and Newt's Tongue. Oh. So we're going to make poison. Not a poison. Poison for Cusco. Um, I think we'll make a potion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think Angela is going to show up in the second oh, chapter. Yeah, oh, I I'd like so. that. I'd like Angela to come back. <laughs> I love Angela. Uh, I hope she just keeps showing up. The first chapter, I remember what happens, and oh, it's you did. not oh. good. <laughs> oh, oh, yay, we're already going to find out that the Varden are secretly evil. No, I don't think well, it's... A, I think it's a thing that, like, is very innocuous now, but, like, in later books you realize that it was f***ed up. No. Oh, I'm gonna, interesting. My first thought was because Ajahad said that Aragorn's going to have to do a bunch of stuff for the people of the town. I'm yeah. going to guess that someone asked him to bless their child. And yes. Because uh, he's the Argot Lamb. I don't know Dragon what the Argot Lamb is, yeah. but sure. It means yeah. it's like silver palm. It means Dragon okay. Rider. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. can't remember if that's come up before or not. I feel like it has, it has but not. I'm not sure. It definitely it has, not. has not. Well, yeah. oops. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. That's okay. And now you know. Those are my guesses. I didn't really yeah. guess yeah. for the second chapter, other than Angela will be there. Angela which is will be unlikely. There. But wait, you no, said something. Did you it. say it was to like heal Arya? Yeah, to do witch stuff. You yeah. know, do witch stuff. You know. Yeah, like I think witch. that's right. Like a witch does. Yeah, <laughs> stuff do that witch a witch does. Stuff. Yeah, stuff that witches do. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know all right, we crushed it and all their stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Go we're on. gonna talk about other books that we're reading. It's uh been a minute uh-huh. <laughs> since we yeah. last recorded. So I'm just gonna talk about two books that I went read recently, as though I've read any other books because I've secretly been in a book slump since the last time we recorded. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. 
But two books I read recently. One was The Annual Migration of Clouds by Premi Mohammed, which was really good. It's like a novella. It's like a post-apocalyptic. I think they're calling it cli-fi, where it's like climate apocalypse. Oh, God. But it's like it's like it's post the apocalypse where it's just like a community living its life like humanity survived. They're just kind of doing their own thing. I don't know. So it's sort of chill. Uh, And it's set like on the campus of a university in Alberta. So I'm assuming that if you like live there, you know, the buildings that like this community lives in. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Just fun. Yeah, it was like a fun book. And I saw. One of the reviews of it was like, oh, it reads like literary fiction, but it's genre fiction. And I was like, that is accurate. It's really good. I don't know. It was a fun little book. And then the other one I read was What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat by Aubrey Gordon, which was rough. Oh, but so good. It was a really good book. It was like stories of being a like very, what does she call it? The different gradations of being fat in society. And so it was like personal anecdotes and then also like ways to change society or how it affects everyone in society, you know? And I think everyone on the planet should have to read it. Oh man. (laughs) Because it's really good. I don't want to read it. I think it'll It's really rough, but yeah, it's uh it's good. Anyway. Those were two good books I read. Wow. Nice. Also I'm reading Dune. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I started Dune. So bold. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so I'm right. saying it. I'm saying it here so that I'm committed, and I have to keep reading it. Dang, uh, I'm not reading Dune, nor will I ever read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, or I just finished a few hours ago, Fury Song by Rosaria Munda, and it has oh. destroyed me. So good. It's so good, but my God, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. The fantastic trilogy. I hope she writes more. I'm really debating going and right? just buying the hardcover, even though it doesn't match any of my other ones, just so, like, she can write more books, please. <laughs> yeah, I bought the audiobook, and I'm, I'm also going to buy the paperback. Yeah. I just feel like the series is so underhyped, and I feel like yeah. more people need to read it, and so I'm just like, I just want her to keep writing books, because it was so good. Yeah, I will read anything she writes. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, but other than that, I am reading The Devil in the Dark Water by Stuart Tartan. I think Turton. He's the writer of the seven and a half or seven three quarter deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which I didn't really like. So I'm reading his <laughs> other book, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, that tracks. There's a reason for this. If anyone watched our Instagram stories uh, in July... I did a blind date with a book, and it was this book. Oh, okay. Which was described as, for fans of Stephen King, but Pirates of the Caribbean, or something. Oh. Anyways, that's why I'm reading this. So, that's going on. And then I'm reading a rom-com by Tessa Bailey, which is Fix Her Up, which I'm pretty sure is her first book, and I will forgive her for it. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) I'm also reading Fixer Up, but I didn't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I made you bring it up. But that's all I'm going to mention, because I'm also reading, like, five other books, but we're not going to talk about that, because I was also in a reading slump (laughs) the last few months. Wow. Well, I also wanted to shout out Fury Song by Rosario Munda. It's just f***ing great. 
If you want to read a dragon series that's amazing, read the Aurelian Cycle. It starts with Fireborn and then Flamefall and Fury Song. They just keep getting better as the series goes on. And then I also wanted to shout out Beartown by Frederick Bachman, who wrote Anxious People, which was one of our Midlight Book Club books. And The Hidden Life of Trees, What They Feel, How They Communicate, Discoveries from a Secret World by Peter uh, Wollobin. It's a nonfiction book, and I read it in like three days. It's just like about how trees live and like how they talk to each other and how they share resources. It's I love that. Extremely fascinating. It was so good. Yeah, I highly recommend that one. And then currently I'm listening to Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake, which is a rom-com. And Slaying the Dragon, A Secret History of Dungeons and Dragons by Ben Riggs, which is a nonfiction book that I got in a Goodreads giveaway. So that's Ooh. exciting. It sounds, I'm not very far into it yet, it sounds like this game has an absolutely buckwild history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, the thing that stuck out to me is in their like the company's like first iteration, right after they first published D&D. They had the FBI called on them twice, once because someone witnessed, like, a nerf uh, ambush (laughs) and called the cops because they saw someone with a gun in a window. And another time because somebody found a scrap of paper from, like, a game developer that had something along the lines of, like, go and assassinate this person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. And they got the FBI called on them again. (laughs) Oh, and what? When is this episode coming up? September? September. Sophie, what are we reading in September? September. We are reading Gideon the Ninth because Nona the Ninth comes out so soon. Oh man. Yay. And I am so excited. Yay. I'm so excited. I don't know that I've said this a thousand times. I don't know if either <laughs> of you are gonna like Gideon the Ninth. That's I fine. feel like I will place money on Hannah liking it and <laughs> Sam not liking it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's fair. Well, Maybe. I'm convinced that I'm going to like it. So if I don't I think, like it, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, there's like, you literally just have to get to the part where the plot starts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the plot starts and you're like, oh, now I get what this book is about. But up until oh, that point, it's a little dicey. <laughs> okay. okay. That's fine. I've been wanting to read this book for so long. So I'm glad you're finally Me too. making us do it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I talked I about know. this book in like one of our early midlight episode yeah like one of our first two episodes you talked about yeah yeah and i still haven't read it yeah because you (laughs) mentioned it i read it and then haven't shut up about it since yeah (laughs) amazing see i did you good thanks i appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) well if you liked this chapter of midlight crisis consider rating and reviewing us on spotify or your podcatcher of choice you can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I swear to God, we're going to start posting TikToks again. And all chapters of the show thus far <laughs> are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And now, we hear from Ajahad about Twitter. Don't speak flippantly or without thought. Because your words will have impact for beyond what you intend. <laughs> we should send that to uh, Ellen of Just the Zoo of Us. 
she of the sea elegans drama oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god the sea elegans sorry alan <laughs> never forget the sea elegans never oh forget my.